I do want to welcome you today. It's great to see our family here each week. It's great to see those of you who are visiting. Um, we here at Hope want to be a church where God is exalted. What a, what a message we had last week by Pastor Brian. Um, it's about worshiping the God of creation. And we're in between series. Moses' prayer, Brian announced, amen is coming. Amen? amen. All right. Um, a series on prayer. So I was given the uh, freedom to preach on anything I wanted. So I said, okay. Um, I do believe, though, as I prayed about this, I believe God pressed upon my heart to teach what I'm about to teach today. The gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. God only sees two people in the world in the human race. His chosen people who we try to send his message through and all of us Gentiles. And God has invited both to come into his kingdom. And I want to lay that out. Here's two reasons why I want to lay it out. The first is, and we here as leaders are challenged by God, commanded by God, to make sure we hold sound doctrine. And the gospel is one of the most important doctrines we can hold. I listened to a preacher on national TV that said, well, sin isn't that important. I don't like to talk about it. That's not the gospel. As a matter of fact, sin is what keeps me from God. And we need to learn how God has taken care of that. Um, there's a lot of heresy today in the church in America. And we need to be on the alert, especially the leaders. That's what we're to do, to make sure we are preaching sound doctrine. As last week. What's the chief end of man, chief end of man says the Westminster Catechism? To glorify God. You were made to glorify God. And then the benefit of that is we get to enjoy God because he's the greatest going. The second aspect of teaching the gospel today, as I thought through as we began the year and uh, we had our, our vision budget and cast a vision of what we want hope to be, 2018, 2019, and we taught on our core values. Pastor Brian taught about the aspect of up, in, and out. It is vital, top priority, that I have a relationship with God. And the gospel tells me how I can have that. There's no other way. And then, because of the Holy Spirit, I can enjoy a relationship with God that is beyond description. And I'm in the process of growing in that. I want more. I hope you do, too. So we're learning 
to grow in grace and the knowledge of God. Then he says to us, his people, now, love me and love each other. We're learning what God intends the church to be, a community where we're loving and caring for one another. That's possible only in Christ. And then Pastor Brian said this, up, in, and out. We want to be a church, people, individuals. Dom prayed on it today, where we work, where we live, where we play. That they see a difference in us, how we live. Hopefully, they'll ask us, why are you so different? But if they don't, look for the opportunity to share the gospel story. Because without it, mankind will perish. So that's what I want to do today. And I want to, I want to do this on two premises. Hebrews says this, Without faith, it's impossible to believe God. But those who come to him must believe that he exists, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I want us to be encouraged, and most of you have this in your heart, God is real. He's the creator of the world, and he has written a letter to us that tells us who he is, who we are, and how he wants to help us. So if you can stand on those two premises with me, I think we'll do good today. If you're visiting, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, listen, maybe the gospel may work. I want to share some of the most important elements of the gospel that I want to kind of share from my heart what I believe God wants us to consider. First aspect. This is the artist's interpretation of the Garden of Eden, and I love it. I'm not going to get into all the things that transpired in the Garden of Eden. Most of you know the story, but the Bible tells us that man fell. Let me read you what God said to Adam when he put him and placed him in the garden. Galatians 2, 15 and 17. You can follow along. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. There's a lot of ramifications and things going on that I could teach on, but I'm basically trying to stay with the gospel and within my half hour. You watching the time? Um, so let me just say this. God gave Adam one command. And he failed that command. The Bible says Satan tricked Eve or deceived her. She took of the fruit first. I believe Adam stood there and watched it and knew it was wrong. And allowed it to happen. And God said, the sin falls on Adam. 
But here's what I want you to understand. The angels were created, bad and good. Adam and Eve and God. They're the five elements, if you want to call that, that was watching what was going on. Satan did not know if he would be successful because he does not know everything. God had this plan from the very beginning, and he knew. The good angels, they didn't know. As a matter of fact, the Bible says to this day, the angel looks at salvation and says, wow, I, I just don't understand all that. And God knew what they were going to do. And the moment sin entered into that garden, entered into their hearts, it was as if there were cracks in the earth that went throughout the whole world and a, a brokenness in their heart that sin entered in and separated God Separated man, kind from God forever. You will die, Adam. And Adam died that day. His spiritual soul that was perfect allowed sin to come in and he died spiritually. And he was separated from God, placed out of the garden, so much so that God put two cherubims on either side of the entrance with flaming swords and said, not only will you not get back in, you cannot get back in. I want to tell you this. Everything that we see in this earth right now, Don prayed about it with the brokenness, the sin, is because... Adam brought sin into the world. And you and I are sinners, separated from God forever. There is no hope in ourselves. And that is incredibly important to know. Now, some of you may not believe that. Some of you may not believe the Bible. And that's your choice. But I believe it, and I study it because it's changing my life. And there was one time in my life that I came to the point that I knew and understood, um, not totally, I'm still learning about the gospel, but I knew the elements that I was a sinner, and Jesus came to pay for my sins, and that by believing in him, I have been given eternal life forgiveness of sins when I repent and put my faith in him. Even this earth is contaminated. God cursed the earth. We can't fix it. We certainly want to do all that we can as we live in this earth and care for it. But this sin has just demolished human hearts and this earth. And God had a plan, and as we enter that plan, and if you read from Genesis to Revelation, you understand the, the magnificence of his plan. But I just want to touch some bases, and I want to go 
to Noah. God gave Adam one rule, and he broke it. There wasn't ten generations that went by from Adam to Noah to where God got to the point. This is God's heart on his evaluation of earth. And he says, how great the wickedness of mankind has become on the earth. That the inclinations of the thoughts of the heart are evil all the time. What a statement. What did God do? He wiped the earth completely of human beings except for eight people. Because Noah found favor in God's eyes. Even children... We need to have a sense of how God hates sin. He's a holy God. And there's nothing I can do to help the state that I'm in. Then God, from Abraham, chooses a nation to demonstrate who he is to the world. And they blow it. He raises up a man named Moses. We heard about his prayers the last three weeks. He gives Moses ten commands. Four of them, how do we understand and love and treat God? The next five are how do we to treat each other? Don't kill, don't lie. And then the last one, which is interesting, because God wants to expose our hearts. Don't covet. See, that's not something that's outside. That's something that starts within. You listen to Dom tell the story about his grandkids. The twins aren't there yet, but they're coming. You know, what does children say? Very first thing they have, mine, me. We are selfish beings. We covet. God gave the Ten Commandments not for us to try to live up to them. He gave the commandments, and we'll learn this in the fall when we start the book of Galatians, as a teacher to show us, to put a spotlight on our hearts. God, I can't keep your laws. Romans says it this way, talking about God's glory. For all have sinned, and can't measure up, fall short of God's glory. We're in trouble. And the Ten Commandments were to help us cry out to God, because God is a merciful God. Let's go on. Now, down through the time of the law given... And, and let, me, let me just add this, kind of build up a little bit on Pastor Brian's story. Brian was teaching us in chapter 34, the second time the law came. The first time, Moses was up on the hill, and God carved those Ten Commandments in stone. The commandments weren't even done yet or given to the people. Moses comes down off the hill and they've built a golden calf, and they're worshiping it. And Moses, who now has God's spirit, throws the tablets down, and they break to pieces, 
and he crushes them and makes them eat it. That's how God sees our sin. We get to chapter 4, 34 in Exodus, and God again gives the Ten Commandments, but this time Moses has to chisel it out. And Moses gets to see the glory of God. We're apart from that glory in our sinfulness. But God had a plan. And he brought Jesus into the picture. The birth of Jesus Christ. By the way, this picture is from the Nativity. That's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, get it this December. <laughs> um, let me say this. And the Bible talks about it this way. Adam, number one, failed the test, sinned against a holy God, and was sent away and separated. And the Bible even says an enemy of God. But God had a plan. He had a second Adam. Jesus, his son. God the son in divinity was sent to earth so miraculously through the Holy Spirit and the birth of the child through Mary that God came into the world, Jesus, the Son, as human and yet perfect, without sin. And this second Adam lived a perfect life. He conquered what Adam couldn't do. Let me read you this verse. In Matthew 1, uh, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Who's the you here? That's Joseph. Remember the story that, that Steve taught us about? This was Joseph's privilege. There's a great lesson on Joseph being a dad whose name, who never spoke a word in the scripture. I didn't know that. It was great to learn things. And he said, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Oh, sin is vital to understand. We need forgiveness. And only Jesus, the second Adam, the perfect man, could accomplish that. And he lived a perfect life. But his purpose was not to live and conquer. His purpose was to die. The whole Old Testament and the law gives the reasons why, because of our sin, something in the Old Testament, animals had to die. Blood had to be shed. We get to the New Testament and we see Jesus willing to go to the cross, willing to die for mankind. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, trusts, puts their faith, repents from the way they're going, and follows Christ. Yes, I want you to be my Lord. 
Here's what Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. The Father was pleased to have all the fullness in his son Jesus. And through him, Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood shed on the cross. Hebrew says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Something or someone had to die for my sins. And it, according to the scripture, it can only be a perfect Adam. And that was Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Then we know after his death, three days in the ground, he rose from the dead. Let me read this verse here. Mark 16, 6. This is the angel saying this to the ladies at the tomb. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. See the place where they laid him. Come, look. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died for the perfect sacrifice, and he conquered death and rose from the grave. And now, you and I have the opportunity to be forgiven by God and joined back to him. Now, let me just kind of share how this works. Um, you know, sometimes we, we want people to know Christ that we become a little over-anxious and we try to push them into believing in Jesus. I would encourage us that's not a good way to handle sharing Christ and all that he's accomplished. Romans 1, 16, 17, and 18 says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. And in the gospel, there's a righteousness revealed. And this righteousness is by first, by, this righteousness is by faith from first to last. As it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Mankind will not choose God on his own. He needs the grace of God. And God is at work calling a people to himself. There's so much written on this. I'm just touching the, the highlights on this. So that when you and I live the gospel and tell people about the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit that's behind all this, working on their hearts. See, I want you to know, and I want me to know, 
I don't save anybody. I have the privilege to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the words that I use to whether it's my neighbors, friends, people I don't even know I've shared the gospel with. I need to know I've done what God has asked me to do. Matthew said it this way, it was Jesus' words, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Wherever we go, where we live, where we work, where we play, that's what we want hope to be. They need to hear the message of the gospel because they're lost. The billions of people that are on the earth today are lost. They don't know they need a savior. And as I share and you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is at work. You know what the Bible says the Holy Spirit does? He convicts mankind of sin. I can't convict them. Their hearts are dead. It's only Christ through the Holy Spirit that accomplished that. So my encouragement to you today as we prepare for communion, which is such a wonderful reminder of all that God has done for our salvation, is it's good to be zealous, but don't be too zealous. Don't get people to say, I'll just accept Jesus. That's all you need to do. Have him come into your heart. Let the Holy Spirit do its work in the hearts of mankind. And you and I be faithful to what God has said. Love people. Love people who, and here's how I look at it. I was once an enemy of God. And by the grace of God's salvation, he touched my heart, used my sister to give me the gospel. And I said, yes, I don't want separation from God forever. I don't want his judgment. And I believe that Jesus, you have taken away my sins if I believe in you and trust in you. I encourage us to think about the gospel. Prepare yourself. Be ready to give an answer for the hope is in you so that when an opportunity comes to share with someone, well, let me explain this to you. Here's what I believe. God can take that message what does Romans say? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's our responsibility. That's our privilege to tell others about the Lord. So then, at Hope, we want to be a people who are building a relationship with God, loving each other, and we're caring about lost people. They need Jesus. Every time you look, whether it's a shooting horrific things, hit and runs. T to me, it amazes me how much people hit and run now today. I have to understand, they don't know God. They have evil hearts. They don't think they have evil hearts, but God says they do. And only God can wash their sins away. Let's love them. Let's be prepared to give the message. Let's understand what the whole gospel is. It's God 
working through time and encouraging everyone with the message that he sent his son to die for us so that mankind could live. Now, the gospel continues. I just wanted to share some of the main elements that we need to think about. But the salvation message is still for me today. I'm a child of God because of what God did for me. But I have so much more to learn. I need to understand, not only did the Holy Spirit awaken my heart, but now he moves in my heart. I'm still a sinner. Can you believe that? I still covet. But I can be forgiven by coming to Jesus. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. But if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? That's the gospel. And now I can live in that. And not only that, I can believe that the total end of the gospel will be one day Jesus will come and set up a kingdom here on earth where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sin. And we will worship the living God forever. can't imagine what that'll be like. But I want it. Do you? Let's be people here at Hope. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your plan of salvation before the world was even created. And it's a perfect plan. There's so much that I don't understand. But you've given me enough to understand and believe it's your way. There is no other way. There is no other name given under heaven where we will be saved but at the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your gospel, for your salvation. And I pray that not only my own heart, but the hearts here at Hope who are members and regular tenders would be a church where we believe this. And we will not ever stop believing it and telling it. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that has never trusted in you, have never seen their need of a Savior and their sinfulness, and the Holy Spirit has working in their hearts, oh God, I thank you and pray that you would work on them and they would understand and they would say, yes, I want Jesus as my Savior too. So we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And gentlemen, as you do...